Today on the program, we're talking about the comedy. Hey, geek, I just stepped in your dog's crap. <laughs> As we've been recording these episodes today, spoiler alert, we've recorded multiple in one day. If you go through the episodes, we're not just wearing the same thing every day. We're not disgusting. I do laundry. Speak for yourself. Uh, yeah, I, again, I didn't know where that stench was coming from, but... I, maybe I'm in a good mood. Maybe these are some of my favorite movies. Maybe a little column A, a little column B. I Love You Man is close to a perfect comedy. I think I said this about Forgetting Sarah Marshall too, but these two go back and forth in my head as the best comedies of the last 20 years or so. Like the, in my head, I always think of it like post-Blues Brothers. Interesting. So like in my lifetime, really, I think these are the two, two of the best comedy. I mean, I Love You Man is close to flawless. And I don't know anybody that doesn't like this movie or is even apathetic to it. Everyone I, I know who's seen this movie and I've talked to about this movie, I think just really loves it. And I, I can't totally, I mean, as we talk about it and process it, I'll come to some conclusions. I can't come to one conclusion as to why. I mean, people like buddy movies and like friendship and everything, but at its core, this is such a feel good movie that we kind of just like everybody. There's really no villain. I mean, there's a guy that Paul Rudd works with who's an asshole and they're fighting over the, the Ferrigno estate. But there's no, there are no real villains in the movie. It's just, it's just about rooting for Paul Rudd and you're rooting for his relationship and you're rooting for Jason Segel. You're just kind of rooting for everybody to come to a conclusion where we all love each other. Yeah. That's nice. Except for the fact that the whole idea and basis of this movie of Paul Rudd like not having any friends, which is sad, right? Like, you know, but, but whatever. Happy. It, just, happy, it, it so. is what it is, right? The fact of meeting new people is the fucking worst. Oh yeah, I gave that up uh, years ago. I mean, it's it's awful. The fact that he's got to go out like on these mandates to try and meet these new people to have friends for this wedding, like that's the fucking worst. I can't imagine doing that. Like, Bumble, the dating app, has a feature called Friend. Well, I think it's if you move to a new city or something. I mean, this is the only way you're going to meet people. Where you're going out to meet people just to become friends, and that sounds like the worst fucking thing imaginable. Going on a date is annoying enough. Take away the implication of sleeping with the person. Oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> What's the word? point? Yeah, The worst. It makes no sense. By the time you're 30, I think you've met half the people you're going to meet in your life. I would, I would narrow that. I, I'm almost 30, I don't plan on meeting anyone ever again. It's a good thing you guys are grandfathered in, because that's That's good, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the worst, like, and that is the basis for this movie, like, offsets kind of the weirdness of Jason Siegel's character. Yeah. Um, which plays off well with the weirdness of Paul Rudd's character. Um, two different kinds of weirdness. Yeah, two, two very different types of weird, but, but they play off of each other. I do want to say, before we really take a deep dive, this is a Chicago movie. Give me a second. Yeah, give me, spoiler alert. Give spoiler alert. This is a Chicago movie because Thomas Lennon... Yeah. of Reno 911 fame is from yeah, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually his character in the movie his, his is from Chicago yeah, 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 as yeah. well. Uh, so this is a Chicago movie. That's what He mentions that when they're at the, the dinner yeah. date, right? And that dinner date, talking about the, the dating app friend thing, 
clearly Thomas Lennon, he understandably misinterpreted the point of that dinner. Two dudes just don't go out, I haven't met you before, would you like, you're new in town, let's go grab dinner. That's the implication that you're, there's something sexual going on. But no. Thomas Lennon's awesome. Thomas, it's if hilarious. you'd uh, Reno, love to be on the show sometime, we'd love to have you. Uh, Reno 911 is uh, one of the most underrated television comedies. Absolutely. 100%. So 100%. And like the characters, all of the actors from there, like appearing in all these different other things. And I have such a hard time still differentiating, I can't right? Like, like the actress who plays. Uh, um, who, who is in, on the Goldbergs? Is that yeah, this yeah, where you're yeah, going, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Wendy, yeah. She, she's in Bridesmaids, too. And I watch Bridesmaids, and I'm like, oh, Reno 911. Yeah, exactly. Reno 911's been off the air for a long-ass time. Yeah, uh, totally underrated. And I don't think, I didn't appreciate Reno 911 when it was on the air. Um, like, I'd occasionally, like, have it on in the background, but I didn't appreciate it. And I've been, I've gone back and watched the episodes, and, like, that's some good comedy right there. Oh, it's so funny. It's, it's timeless. It's, good it's really timeless. Yeah. But yeah, Thomas Lennon is and everything else that he's in, he's still funny. And I, but I still I do always think of him as Reno nine one one. but that like that date that they go on, awkward. Uh, he goes to the soccer game. This is awesome. This is awesome. Awkward. It kind of does, even though you and I probably can't relate to the idea of trying to go on mandates with strangers, because I don't think a lot of people can. We can relate to being in awkward situations with people we don't know very well. Yeah, or, or even with people you do know. Like, yeah. I actually wrote a note about this, right? Like, in the movie, you look at Paul Rudd's character in the interactions with Jason Segel, and there's a lot of awkwardness there, right? Mm-hmm. But that happens, right? Uh, so, in particular, in, in the movie, he says, Later's on the men, Jay. All right, I'll see you, I'll see you then. Bye. All right, Later's on the men, Jay. What, what did I just say? <laughs> right? Like, later's on the men, Jay. And it's one of those things where it's like, you go out, right? And you go to a restaurant, and they're like, okay, you know, enjoy your meal. And you're like, you too. Right. Like, fuck. I just told you to enjoy your meal, and you're serving food. Like, you're not eating. He it's like him, those awkwardness. Like He calls him, like, Jobin or something. You got it, Jobin. I'm just like, what? I'm nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I... Even if it's not awkward, I think about a thing that I said, especially after like a night of drinking for the next three days. Oh yeah, when, like when you fuck up like that yeah. and you're like, oh shit, did I really fucking say that? I think about things I said when I was 12. Like I'm just oh, yeah. a, I should have said this. Like that, that would have been like the better thing to say. Like I should have done this. I should have said this. But yeah. No, it's, that's perfect. Um, yeah, this is the awkwardness that's captured. It's written so well. Probably, cause it's probably based off not identical experiences, but real experiences that somebody, a writer, had yeah. that are written into the show. And Paul Rudd, like I said before, you're never really, there's no real evil people in the movie. You're just kind of rooting for people all the time. And it's so easy to root for him, not just because you feel bad for him, like he's that pathetic, because he's clearly successful. He got a nice house. Yeah. He has a job. He's a nice guy. The, the fact that he doesn't, he's not bothered by the fact that he doesn't have guy friends makes him more likable and it's easier to root for him without it being too cringy. Yeah. Because it's like, this guy's happy. He just never took the time to make male friends. Yeah. Which there are people who are like that. He's a girlfriend guy. And he's totally comfortable with it, but he's just trying to, you know, figure the situation out. It's just so easy to root for throughout the whole movie. It's just a feel-great movie, I yeah. think. I mean, it's, 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 it's enjoyable. It's nice. It's got, it's got a lot of lines, right? Like, we talk about this a lot, where it's, 
like the quotability, right? I mean, oftentimes the, the saying the line, slap at a bass. Slap at the bass. That sounded like Borat. Yeah. Slap at the bass. Yeah. Right? Like that's slap a, a bass, slap at the bass. And then the, the whole thing, you, you, you try and sound Jamaican, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like that. Um, I often find myself, I don't know about you, uh, I feel like it would probably be a, a similar situation. Um, like, yeah, my, me and my best friend, Hank Mardukas. Hank Mardukas has been my closest friend since our first year at IBM. Best yeah. man at our wedding. Yeah, he was. I, I often say a lot of these lines because they're, they're quotable, they're funny, and they're like, they're, but they're also a little obscure too, right? Like, if you said to somebody on the street, you were like, you made the slap at a bass or the Hank Mardukas joke, they might not get it. Right. Um, but it doesn't make it any less funny. No, no, yeah, yeah. A lot of people wouldn't necessarily get it because it might not be thinking. This movie might not ever be top of mind for a lot of people, even though they like it a lot. My buddy Matt and I always make this joke when either of us are mostly, I mean, he, he makes this joke a lot, like when his girlfriend has friends over and he, he's like, I feel like the Paul Rudd with the milkshakes right now. And we've both been in this situation so many times we're just surrounded by girls and feel uncomfortable yeah like in our homes that we always like send each other the picture of Paul Rudd walking with the milkshakes with the straws and it's just like an obscure reference if you said that to a stranger on the street you're like oh I feel like Paul Rudd of the milkshakes right now and like what the fuck are you talking about but there's so many things that are iconic to people that yeah enjoy the movie yeah and and I think it does a good job it's not a it's not one of those movies where you're going to be laughing from the start to the finish right no. like super bad um, we've talked about a lot of these other movies, right? Super bad for me, it's coming to America. Like, just nonstop laughs. They just keep coming at you. This is not that movie. No. It has good laughs, it has good comedy, but it's not just like, you're not just getting repeatedly, you know, hit with jokes. Yeah, it's more, uh, haha funny than LMAO funny. Yeah. But it's well written. The dialogue's good, the characters are great. The funniest thing I think for me in the movie is the scene with the housewarming when, when Jason Siegel's like, that guy's holding in a fart. Hey, check out these two. That guy needs to fart. He does seem to be clenching. Watch the leg. Boom. He farted in my open house. He sure did. I'm thinking it might be a little bit small. Totally, and it smells like fart. And he like does the whole play-by-play and then the guy farts and yeah. it's like, it smells like farts in here. <laughs> to me, that's the funniest scene in the movie and like probably the biggest LL scene. Um, so speaking of characters, were you ever a fan or did you watch the old Hulk? With, with Lou Ferrigno, yeah. Did you? Yeah. I knew, I'm not saying I was completely ignorant to his career because I knew that he played the Hulk. Everyone knows that. But I never watched those. And I'm a big fan of the King of Queens. My back is getting tight. Where Lou Ferrigno is in the, the later neighbor, right? seasons yeah. is the neighbor as Lou Ferrigno. And I'm a big fan of this movie. I know Lou Ferrigno by playing Lou Ferrigno as Lou Ferrigno, former Hulk star, that I do Lou Ferrigno as, as the, the Hulk. Hulk himself, yeah. Because yeah. I've never seen those movies, but I've seen him in The King of Queens, I've seen him in this. That's funny. And it's funny that he's able to make a career and have roles playing himself, a semi-fictionalized version of himself as a successful actor. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I liked a lot of the, like, the interaction for me because of knowing the, the Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno, right? The whole interaction with Jason Segel and Lou Ferrigno about the Hulk. Yeah. Like, that's funny to me. Like, that hits, like, that's a joke that hits that might not, for example, for you, like, I'm sure you found it funny, right? Because, right, right, right. Like, it's funny, but, like, you might not have necessarily, like, appreciated it because it's not something that you're like, 
I, I get that reference. Right, yeah, it, it, 100%. And Lou Ferrigno's just funny in this role as himself. Um, there's a scene at the end when they're actually at the wedding where you knew this was going to end at the wedding. Spoiler alert! As a lot of comedies do, they try to assemble the whole cast at the end and have this grand finale and whatever. And they do that here. A lot of times it seems corny when they have like a big moment at the end and everybody that's been in the movie is here. They do that here. His wedding party is everybody he went on a date with. Yeah. And Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> but it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel corny. When they're all walking out at the end, the wedding party, it makes me laugh. Yeah. And I don't know how, it's really impressive that they're able to do that and not make it feel forced, not make it feel corny. It's just really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask you, because um, I feel like this is also an element of there's a very specific person, right, that, that this calls to, right? Like the whole stuff with Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are huge Rush fans, right? Like crazy Rush fans. Not everybody is, right? Like might be like, okay, I, their, their music's good. Like, okay. But these two finding each other, being the huge Rush fans, does that, does that at all... Now, I know, obviously, Rush was, is not, like, necessarily your age demographic, right? But, like, do you, did you find yourself identifying with their characters I about, totally, the, like, Rush? I think and, it was a perfect thing to pick because, I, I mean, I know how big Rush is slash was. Um, it was a perfect thing to pick because they're big enough that you could find another super fan, but it's obscure of a thing to connect to people who are completely different. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. like Jason Siegel's character is a bachelor who's having one night stands and like going out hiking all the time and stuff. And Paul Rudd's character is engaged and waiting for HBO Sunday nights and it's kind of a dork. They're like very different, but it's an obscure enough thing to connect them that it's memorable. And it, yeah. and it, it helps drive the plot. Like they go to the concert, they slap in the bass. Slap in the bass. They found something that could add so much comedy to the movie and yeah. advance the plot that it was a perfect thing to add. And it's kind of... Um, they could have picked something else. Like they could have picked Grateful Dead or something, but that would have made them, I think, less likable. No, I, f- I feel like I feel like Rush makes it. I don't know. It's it's a better gag there, yeah. right? Because, man, if if you if you find somebody that likes Rush, they don't just like Rush. They love Rush. They yeah. love Rush. I love Rush. Or you find somebody that's kind of okay, fine, like indifferent, indifferent, apathetic to, to the whole notion of Rush, right? And, you know, I, I mean, I'll say it, I'm that apathetic dude. I am too, yeah. Like, Good Rush, music. like, whatever. Oh, okay, you know, and I, you hear all the time, like, oh, the, the drummer from Rush is the best drummer in the history of drummers. Like, well, no, like, is he good? <laughs> like, yeah, he's good. He plays the drums very well, and he does something that, like, he has a style that nobody else has, but I'm not like this like crazy super fan, you know, like, and you do get that, I guess, with some like deadheads, mm-hmm. although in general deadheads are like, they're mellow. They're not like, they're not going to be like Rush and being like, ah, I'm gung-ho about the Grateful Dead. I love the Grateful Dead. It's like, yeah, I like the Grateful Dead. I've gone on tour. I've also, gone to show, like, I've gone to like 80 shows. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying deadheads are weird per se because I know people who love the Grateful Dead but I think it's less has a Rush is a very normal connotation it's like like my dad likes Rush my brother like it's just like oh I, I love the band Rush yeah like I could see a guy who looked like Paul Rudd's character in the movie 
telling me that he loved Rush. Yeah. I couldn't picture him saying that he went on, he followed the Grateful Dead on tour in 1984. Yeah. I, I feel like Rush was the perfect band to pick for that because they have super fans, but they're normal, mainstream enough. That Canadian. Like, yeah, Canadian. Canadians are normal. Friendly. Friendly. Hi, how are you? I don't know. You know, this is one of those movies It's good. Um, I'm not as gung-ho about it as you are, but I like it, and maybe it's the awkwardness. Like we talked about with Sarah Marshall, right? Like the, the fact that this movie is, like that movie in particular, uh, was so like cringy. Like just cringy in the fact of like poor Jason Siegel's character has is just trying to move on with his life and this his ex is in his face. Like, and it's just, it's an awful situation to be in, right? This has a similar element with the like trying to make friends type of thing as an adult, which is just awful. And so maybe I haven't given it as much time mm -hmm. as I should have, which I think I said the exact same thing with Sarah Marshall as well. And maybe I need to go back and like watch it more. Um, but it's still a good movie. Like I, I enjoyed it the, the couple of times I've seen it. And so, I mean, I think that it's not going to be a big number like some of these other movies. In fact, to be honest with you, I don't think it makes, I don't think it cracks seven. And I'm not about to make this. And I'm not about to make this, the, the 6.9 joke again. Well, yeah, but no, like, I don't sex. think, I don't think it makes, I don't think it breaks seven. So I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll throw out 6.8. Wow. I mean, I really hope you're not right. Cause I, I love it. I love this movie, man. <laughs> uh, I, I got, I actually think now that I know what the Sarah Marshall score was, I think this is going to surpass it. 7.1. What? Which is surprising. But now that like, when I think about it, I think this movie might actually be better. I'm going to say it's, um, God, I hope I'm right. Seven, three. Seven. Seven. So I was like, I was like pretty close right there. You were close. All right. Because I, I mean, I was going to go 6.9, but I didn't want to make the sex joke. But again, what, what so. did you get? What did you guys get? Six, eight. Okay. We were in the ballpark. We were in the ballpark. I mean, like, I didn't think, think there's any prizes I'm, to I'm, begin with. I'm though. glad it cracked seven, though.